welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. to our lives, our jobs, our families, our priorities, our church is an opportunity for us to submit to divine disruption. And what if that means we're not supposed to minimize this disruption? We're supposed to multiply disruption. Hey guys, here we are, Resurrection Sunday, Easter. We're so excited to worship together this morning, our risen King. And here we are in Old Regent Park behind us. And as you know, this is where we started as a church. This is exactly where we started. And, and Regent Park went from Old Regent to New Regent, which you'll see in a, in a minute. And, and it, the form changed and things started shifting and that's where we are right now. That's where we are globally, that's where we are locally, that's where we are as a church, that things are shifting, God is disrupting things, He's multiplying disruption, and we're saying, do we want to be part of that or not? Do we want Him to change the form for us, and are we gonna follow Him in that? And our answer so far has been yes, it's been open-handed, and yes, let's follow Jesus in that, uh, and we're just gonna celebrate that today on Resurrection Sunday. Yes, like what a great day to celebrate just our Savior, our risen King. Guys, Jesus is resurrecting you, me, and Amen. our church, and the church in general. And we gotta be honest, the church in general here in Canada isn't in that great of a spot. Mm. But we have given, we're being given an opportunity to revive the church here in Canada. So let's get excited about what he Ooh, wants to do yeah. in and through us here at Trinity Life Church. We're so pumped and we want to just keep following him and hearing him and obeying him. And we get to do that this day on Resurrection Sunday and every day going forward. So here in Haggai, um, we're starting in chapter two, verse 20. It says, the word of the Lord came to a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. 
speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens mm. and the earth. Guys, this is really eminent language here. God is going to do something soon. He's going to do something in the um, immediate future, just eminently. And we actually see this phrase repeated. This is the second time we see this phrase. So in Haggai earlier in chapter two, verse six, he says, once again, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. And when we hear that, we should think, well, what was he referring to with saying once again, right? And that's, that's when he did this at Mount Sinai. And do you guys remember what happened there at Mount Sinai? That's where he gave the covenant, the law, the instruction, and, and really direction for the people, right? To become like the people of God, his, his people. And so it's amazing that we get to see it here again, and he's declaring it, right? He's gonna do it again. And you ask, well, why? Why is he doing it again? Because there's gonna be a new covenant coming. He has a new order for us, right? But we see that like the people, they just got comfortable. They were complacent. They were a bit, um, I don't know, apathetic, right? Um, basically asleep, right? And that's what we've seen um, in the church. And we need to wake up, guys. It is now Amen. time to wake up. Amen, let's go. Yeah, right? Let's get excited. So, and there's good news with that, right? Because God is... Um, doing something. We want to welcome that. And it's, um, it's repeated. This phrase this is such a beautiful phrase. This phrase is actually repeated in Hebrews. The author of Hebrews picks up on Haggai here. Um, and this is in chapter 12. He's talking about, um, he says, he, he repeats this phrase that I will shake up the heavens and the earth. And why is that good news? Because in that verse where it says in Hebrews, it says he promises to do that. Mm -hmm. He promised yeah. to do yeah. that. And God's promises are sure. God's promises right. are certain. Right. We have a solid footing when we hear that God has promised something, right? So we know that we are standing on solid ground and that should just get us excited. That should, we should be welcome that. We should, we should desire that. And, and it's saying that like, it goes on to say that what is shaken, basically what is shaken has fallen away, but what remains cannot be shaken. And do you guys know what, what cannot be shaken? That's the kingdom of God. Amen. That cannot be shaken. And we just need to be excited about that. That will not fall away. That will not fall away. And we gotta be grateful, so grateful for receiving the kingdom of God and really just allow ourselves to be completely consumed by Him. Here we are guys at New Eden Park. And as Missy was saying, as Haggai says, as Hebrews picks up on, God is gonna shake the heavens and the earth. And in Hebrews, those things that will be shaken, those things are gonna fall away. What's gonna remain is what cannot be shaken. What's gonna remain is the kingdom of God. And it says, let us be grateful for that. Are you grateful for that today? Are you grateful for God shaking things up and those things falling away in order that what remains cannot be shaken? Like, do you want that? That's the form we're talking about. That's, that's what needs to be shaken up. That's what needs to go away. That is what's happening in, in us globally, locally, in our church. 
those things are happening. The form is fading away. Those, God's shaking those things up. He has, he has brought us into this era of disruption. And our question is, are we going to let him do that? Are we going to allow him to do that? As Missy said, are we going to allow him to consume us? And here back in Haggai, it says, and God is going to do that in this way. So when, when you say like, well, what does that mean? What, what are those things that God is going to shake up? Well, guys, he's going to shake up the things individually, corporately, maybe nationally or across our city. The things that we put our hope, our trust, our security, our comfort, our faith in. So he says here, he says, to overthrow the throne of the kingdoms. What is sharing the throne of God in your heart? What do you, what, 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 what dwells and abides in your heart that shouldn't be there, that, that actually can be shaken, that through your circumstances, through our circumstances, you felt shaken over this past year, over these past few months. Release that, let go of those things, because God wants to give you that which cannot be shaken. He goes on, he says, and I'm about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations. Where do you derive your strength from? What are you putting your strength in? Is it the joy of the Lord? Is the joy of the Lord where you get your strength? That's what it should be. But is that the case for the church? Is that the case for you individually? Is that the case for us corporately? Where is our strength coming from? And he says, and to overthrow the chariots and their riders and the horses and the riders shall go down. This language is from Deuteronomy 17, where he says to the Israelite kings, he says, do not put your faith and your hope and your security and your power, do not put it in horses and riders in the accumulation of that. Just don't do that. That is not a true king. A true king doesn't take pleasure in that. So where are you putting your hope, your trust, your security? Back in Exodus 15, with the song of Moses and Miriam, after they crossed the Israelites, crossed the Red Sea, they sing this prophetic song that mentions this phrase over and over again. Horses and riders, horses and riders are thrown down and overthrown. And they mentioned over and over again. And that's because, guys, they, they, uh, this is a sign of them experiencing a pr uh, freedom from oppression. They've experienced this freedom. Guys, do you want freedom from what is oppressive? Do you want freedom from what is on the throne of your heart right now? Do you want freedom from that thing that you put your faith, security, and trust in that can easily be shaken? God wants to take that away from you. He's going to shake that up, and he wants to establish that which is in you, which cannot be shaken. Yes. But here's the thing. This means, though, that things were lost, and things will be lost. Things are lost because of our own doing, and things are going to be lost because of God's doing and where he's leading us, where he's leading our church but he's also renewing and reestablishing his mission. He's doing that here in this passage with Zerubbabel, and he's doing that with us, with Trinity Life Church. He's renewing and reestablishing his mission here with us. And what will be regained in the future will actually exceed our expectations. Like he says in, in chapter two, verse nine, the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory. That means the, the future glory of the house will be greater than the old glory, the, the old house. And so we are that, guys. We are the latter glory because Jesus is 
the new temple. Jesus is the latter glory, and now we are the temple in Him as His Spirit dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, you, me, and the church. And He's saying to us that the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. In Trinity Life Church, we are not satisfied with a former glory. Check out 2 Corinthians here in chapter 3. It says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who's made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, what we just talked about, not of the letter, but of the spirit. Mm. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now the ministry of death carved in letters of stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze on Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end. Will not the ministry of the spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must exceed, must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, he says, this is the case. And since we, have, since we have such a hope in verse 12, we are very bold. And then in verse, eight, uh, verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose hearts. So here we are in St. Jamestown. We've been giving you this journey of our church, starting in Regent Park. Now we're here um, in this new neighborhood or St. Jamestown. And we've been open to God disrupting things in the life of our church. And we wanna stay open to God right. disrupting things. So let's see in verse 23 of Haggai chapter two says, on that day declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. This signet ring here, guys, is showing that God is going with Zerubbabel. It's the seal, an emblem, and it represents two things here, authority and approval. We actually see the signet ring also make an appearance in Jeremiah 22. But guys, remember that is Jeremiah, at the time of Jeremiah is before the exile. And in that, he says, um, this is the Lord speaking. He says, I will, he will tear off the signet ring from the king of his people. When he tears that off, that means he's tearing off that emblem, that approval, that authority, and ultimately his presence, mm. right? And then we yeah. see the people go into into exile, right? So now here we are in Haggai, post-exile, and he's declaring here that Zerubbabel is that ring, right? That God is going to reestablish his blessing and his presence. Ah, oh, it's like an official return to God, to being, to being the people of God. The people are gonna be the people of God and he's going with us and the Messiah is going to come um, to the nations. And here's the thing, guys, does that happen all in the Zerubbabel's lifetime? Does he actually see this come to fruition? Does this actually happen 
for Israel right now? Were they enter into a golden age? And the answer is no, it doesn't all come to fruition. It doesn't all happen at the same time. It doesn't all come together right now. Because was it ever really about Zerubbabel? Was it ever really about Israel? Was it ever really all about Toronto? Or about Trinity Life Church? Was it ever really about you or me? It's really about Jesus, our resurrected King, our Savior, our Lord, our everything, our life, our wonderful counsel, our Prince of Peace, our righteous branch, the true signet ring. Yes, Zerubbabel represents that. It represents God's blessing for us. And it's reestablishing the fact that Jesus is going to come through the line of David. And this is the Messiah we're talking about here. It's why in Matthew chapter one, Zerubbabel's mentioned in the genealogy. We see that like the genealogy is like, this is, it shows the power of God at work right? God at work bringing the Messiah through that line, right? Those aren't just names to gloss over. Those are, you can point back and find out where and how he was at work in the line of, of fulfilling his promise. Yeah. That's right. So as we continue to talk about multiplying disruption, guys, you've seen the history of our church. And, and here's the thing, when, when God called Missy and I and our family to do this thing, to move to Toronto, to start a church, to live out the kingdom. All he said, guys, was go and do this. Go plant your lives, uh, living out the kingdom of God in Toronto. He didn't promise anything else. He didn't say there's gonna be a church. He didn't say there's gonna be people who follow you. He didn't say anyone's gonna join you. He didn't say anyone's gonna come to faith. He didn't promise anything else except to say, hear my voice, obey my voice, go plant your lives in the city that I'm telling you to do that in. And so that means when we came here and we started doing that, that first day we knew we'd been faithful. That first day we were satisfied in fulfilling our calling, what God had called us to do. So that means that anything that happened after that and above that was bonus. Yes, do you want that life? because it's yours in Christ Jesus. That's the abundant life yes. that he yes. came to give us. Guys, it's the resurrection life. And Jesus wants so much to breathe life on your dry bones. He wants to awaken your soul and give you a new reality. That's right, and guys, he's doing that in and through our church right now. That's the beauty of this. When we talk about multiplying disruption, we're talking about multiplying God, shaking things up, the heavens and the earth, including our church, including your lives, including us individually, corporately, to shake that up so that what remains is the kingdom of God, that yes. which cannot be shaken. And on this Resurrection Sunday, on this day where we celebrate a resurrected King, that's what we want. We want to press into that because guys, even though we're here in SJT, the church wasn't just meant to gather. It was also meant to scatter.
If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.